Hey there, Duke fans. I am going to hand this over to Donald in a second here. I am recording this after we have finished recording. Uh, you will hear Donald refer to this as a DBR Bites episode. We Let's say we went long. Uh, things, <laughs> things, things got a little... That's an understatement. <laughs> so uh, Jason and Donald are here. Donald's gonna gonna come on in the second and do the proper intro. But uh, no way was this a DBR bites episode. So you will see in your feed it is uh, numbered. What are we at? Four ninety seven now. Four ninety seven. Yeah. Four ninety seven. Uh, we're at DBR DBR podcast episode four ninety seven. Here it is. Hello there, Duke fans, and welcome to episode eighteen of dbr bites we are here on monday march 6th 2023 we are officially in the postseason of college basketball the acc tournament begins this week we will not talk about the acc tournament on this particular bites but later on this week uh in a maybe a day or two you will hear from us about the acc tournament but for now we are here to talk about the acc postseason awards that have come down just today there's a lot to talk about with regards to Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year, but also the All-ACC various teams that have been awarded. But first, I am Donald Why I am hosting this episode. I also have Jason and Sam with me. Jason, hello. How are you doing this evening? Good, good. If you are coming here for me to be outraged over Kyle Filipowski or someone else being slighted by Duke, I'm afraid I have to tell you that I'm not going to be outraged. Sorry. Why? I mean, I'll be outraged for you. I'll be outraged for some people. But first, before we do, here's Sam Klein. Sam, how you doing? Uh, great. I am very sorry that I missed yesterday's episode. I'd love, of course, recapping anytime. Hey, hey Donald, can we can we give Sam thirty seconds or so to tell us about what he thought of the game? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, so, so I missed the game on Saturday. As well, it's not clear based on the conversation that you all had on Sunday that I missed the game on Saturday, but I wasn't able to watch the game. The timing was very poor against the wedding that I was at. However, there were a few other people in attendance who uh, were similarly dismayed that they couldn't watch the game. So we watched on our phones just the last portion of the game, like after the last media timeout. So with about three and a half minutes left in the game, and we were like looking at the score on our phone off and on, but like, you know, the ceremony was happening and then, and then there, you know, there was the, people coming in giving speeches and things. It was not, it, it was not conducive to me staring at my phone for two straight hours, but I did watch the last four minutes. So here are my impressions. One. Wow. No one could score in this game Two, Wow. Kyle Filipowski is so strong. He could do anything he wants. Three. Wow. Armando Baycott sucks. And uh, that was it. That's all I, that's all I knew about, about, uh, about this game. Great, great, gritty performance. Uh, Jason mentioned in the recap that, uh, he was talking to people about, oh, you know, first to 60 wins. I had the exact same impression as I was watching the the score tick up. And I had the flashback I have frequently to the 2010 National Championship game, the game before which I said, and which I cannot prove because all of this happened in the pre I'm online days, that the first team to get to 60 in that game was going to win. And of course, Duke won that game 61 to 59. So uh, I just want you to know I've been using that line for you know a long time but wow and, great and how how rare is it for sam to have something where he feels like he's been like on it for longer than me the whole time <laughs> i've been on this i've been on this game the whole time i feel like we say that every time we play virginia because it's 
it's clear every time we someone plays Virginia that if someone reaches 60 points, that someone's probably going to win the basketball game. But so. by the way, first first to 60 only works if you get to 60. <laughs> right. Which doesn't always happen in India in, in a Virginia game. So if you do reach 60 when on a team that usually averages 50 points a game, then yeah, you're probably gonna win. You guys talked about how well Duke performs against Carolina when the score is low. Did you see the tweet today from Duke men's basketball about how like all the like season ending stats about how like John Shire won the most games of any coach in Duke history and uh-huh. Duke held whatever like 85 or something percent of opponents under their season scoring average and then they ended with the with it's the, epic the, Say, give the line it's epic it was the the troll like I I don't have it pulled up but the troll against the uh oh, it was amazing against, it was against the, against the, ACC, the ACC. it was uh <laughs> I got was, you. I got you. It said one. We will consider. Oh, someone say it for me. We consider this matter you. closed away from yeah. uh, from claiming first place or, or co first place in the conference. Yo, so. I don't know who is running the Duke men's basketball Twitter feed, but that dude is that was spicy. Not afraid to get fired. <laughs> yeah, that was that was spicy. Oh, they're not getting that. fired for that. They probably they probably were like, yo, look, I'm about to say this, and I guarantee you that everyone agrees. And they're probably like, yeah, why not? Go with it. There's, so, there's some the Duke men's basketball Twitter feed has been doing some serious trolling this year. Jason yeah. said he's not yeah, going to it. be fired up for the all ACC selections. Jason, I'm going to get fired up for the all ACC. Yes. Yeah, so I love to hear it. I just don't think there was any. We, we should get to it now. We've been. Hey, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. But here's how we're, here's how we're going to break it up first, because as everyone knows out there, there's a lot of awards, right? Like player of the year, coach of the year, those sort of ones. We're going to talk about those first. And then later we'll talk about the all ACC, the various teams. That we have. So let's first, I'm just going to list right now all of the awards that were issued today. The ACC Player of the Year was Isaiah Wong uh, from Miami, fourth year uh, player. ACC Coach of the Year, Jeff Capel from Pitt. I think we were not surprised at that one. Congratulations uh, to our fellow member of the Brotherhood, Jeff Capel. Uh, ACC Rookie of the Year, it's a dookie, it's Kyle Filipowski, and it was a runaway. He had 68 votes to Judah Mintz's seven votes. ACC Defensive Player of the Year, Reese Beekman from Virginia. Uh, Derek Lively finished fourth in that race. I should mention that Flip also finished fifth in Player of the Year running. ACC Most Improved Player was Quinton Post from Boston College. Jeremy Roach was at the bottom of this, but he did get a vote for Most Improved Player. And then finally, we have the sixth man of the year. We have Nike Shabande from Pitt. We also have uh, Ryan Young, who plays fourth, and Derek Whitehead who placed fifth in that race. So guys, let's start with rookie of the year because you're a freshman of the year. Kyle, you know, Kyle Filipowski had a tremendous year. We had Derek Levy, who was the preseason uh, favorite to win this award, but Kyle Filipowski emerged throughout the year. And I I think it was pretty evident, you know, that he was going to get this award. Jason, what do you think? Uh, So I think this award needs to be renamed the Duke rookie of the year or Duke freshman of the year, because we own this award, like nobody's business. Uh, he is the second consecutive ACC Rookie of the Year from Duke, the ninth time in the last 12 years. Again, nine of the past 12 ACC Rookie of the Years have been players from the Duke program, and Duke has a, a record 14, 14 ACC Rookies of the Year. Georgia Tech is next with 11, and then North Carolina with nine. But we've you know almost lapped the field in uh, in that category. I, I, I've got, I mean, obviously, I've got no complaints about Kyle winning rookie of the year. In fact, my my biggest complaint about it is probably that Judah Mintz got seven votes from Syracuse. Judah Mintz is a very fine player, and I thought he was 
pretty clearly the second best rookie in the ACC this year. But the notion that there were seven voters who said he was better than Kyle Filipowski is is kind of laughable. I think that it should have been an absolute runaway and that Kyle should have won it unanimously. Not that it matters. I mean, it's not like they put the word unanimous on your trophy or something. He still gets the trophy. He's still the winner of the prize. I just can't get that outraged about him not being unanimous. It's interesting, Jason, that you pointed that out because that's the one I'm least annoyed by. I'm more annoyed by the fact that, one, Kyle Filipowski is not on the ACC first team despite, one, getting the fifth most votes for ACC Player of the Year, and two, I think uh, having at least one of the top five seasons in the ACC personally. So I'm mad that Filipowski's not on the all-ACC first team. I think he deserved that much. Let me tell you something else that I am uh, mildly... Wait, hold on, I got a question. I didn't know we were... I thought we were doing them by category yeah, we, here. You're, you're jumping, jumping a little bit. I'm place, skipping man. ahead. I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> yeah, you skipped ahead a little bit. Um, Fine. But we'll, we'll Read get the rest of the second. awards. Then let me get spicy. Okay. So, okay. Well, <laughs> well we already did. Discuss... Hang on. You already, you already talked about Coach of the Year, right? Yes. Let yes. me get spicy Talk about that. John Shire didn't get a single... Uh, maybe he got one vote, but he didn't end up in the yeah, top he did, five. He did not he didn't get, a, get a single vote. And if there's any place I was going to get spicy, you have taken it. I agree. Okay. Shire so, deserved votes. So, yeah, Jeff Capel had a great season. I am really happy for him. We obviously root for him because he's a Duke guy. Totally understandable that Jeff Cable would win ACC Coach of the Year. Jim Laranega had a great season. He came in second place. Uh, they beat the crap out of Duke. I was in the building. I know. I, I I saw it in person. It was not a mirage. That being said, John Shire is a first-year head coach. He took over this program uh, at the age of 35 and managed to end up in fourth place in the ACC with almost an entirely new roster of guys dealt with all of these injuries and figured out how to incorporate transfers, figured out how to incorporate new freshmen who came in with injuries. And I feel like John Shire deserved more love for ACC coach of the year. Like what I guess, I guess if, if, if the ACC refs don't call uh, the end of the UVA game incorrectly and Duke ends up uh, tying for first place, does, does Shire get three votes for ACC coach of the year. Look on top of that, right. He didn't just have a, you know, very successful season so far. He set records doing it. He's the first ACC coach to ever in his rookie season, win all of his games at home. He has more Duke wins in his first season than any other coach in history. The only other coach to sweep UNC in his first year at Duke was some guy 80 years ago that did it. Like not even no, no coach K, no Roy Williams, no Dean Smith, any, anybody you talk about over the course of the years of this generation's lifetime, no one has done what John Shire has done for Duke and for the ACC. And I think, yeah, I, I and here's the thing people in, it, it's always about this ward has generally become the team that overachieves the most that coach usually gets the award, but Tony Bennett got two votes and Tony Bennett is yeah, what the hell is that? Tony I mean, Bennett got on. two votes and he in and, and Virginia has been good for the last, what, seven, eight years, like has been Donald, Donald, for, they've been good for like 12 years. Yeah. yeah. Contending for ACC cha- championships every and year. And they're the same damn winning team national titles. every year. They're the same team every year. Why is Tony Bennett getting votes? Coach K couldn't get votes. That's my, that's my beef with this is that if you're going to say that, okay, it's Duke, they're expected to win every year. That's why he doesn't get any votes. That's fine. But Virginia is also expected to win every year. Virginia was a top 10 team at the beginning of the season. They're, a, you know, in 13th right now. Like this team underachieved, if you think about it, in a, in a way. And, and he still got two votes. And John Shire didn't get any. 
when he had a historic season in the ACC. I think that is pretty criminal. And I'm not again, I'm not saying that he should have won it, but he should have had his name listed amongst the coaches receiving votes. Yeah, so I, I completely agree. I mean, for Jeff Capel to take a team that was supposed to be 14th and and have them at the top of the standings pretty much the whole season. Uh, I mean, yeah, on the last day in the final couple of games, they fell back and they they finished fifth in the standings. But but that that's a tremendously impressive job by a guy who had to coach his butt off because he was going to lose his job otherwise. So he, you know, absolutely, I've got no problem with Jeff Capel winning that award. I don't know what these other guys' names are doing on the list. It's preposterous to me. I don't know why Jim Laranega's on this list. I mean, frankly, Miami was basically the same team we thought they were going to be. And then the other thing that pisses me off about this is that, like, wh- why is recruiting not part of the consideration for Coach of the Year? I- I've been bothered by this for at least a decade, if not longer. It's like they look at Duke and they go, look at all that talent. Oh, is coaching not bringing in that talent? It's it's absurd. It's stupid to me that they would discount the job done by Duke coaches. And it's not just John Shire. The same thing happened with Coach K because they go, oh, the team's full of future NBA players. Coaching is bringing in those NBA players. I mean, it's it's preposterous. And if you want to say during this year he was recruiting for next year, he still has the number one class in the ACC. It's it's stupid and one of john the shire didn't get any votes. and one of the best ones in the country like it's yeah when yeah. it comes to recruiting we're not talking about the ac we're talking about the country when he's doing that but here's the thing here's my question and sam i'll let you end this particular discussion on the coaches my question is this at this point what does a duke coach got to do to earn recognition amongst his peers as having done the best job in the atlantic coast conference because if john shire goes undefeated he still doesn't get this award, in my opinion. He's no, barely no, no, gets no, no, no. Hold on. I mean, hold if, on, he, hold on. if he goes undefeated, I think he would have gotten it. Yeah. I mean, Coach K won it back in, was it 99? Yeah. When 99, when Duke basically just ran through the ACC, like, a, a, and when's a the last one did he get? 1999. It's the last one he got. After yeah, that, right. was is that, is that actually the last time he won ACC Coach of the Year? I'm pretty sure. We'll have to look it up. I, I, he has I not won th- one I, since I, think... I joined since I went to school, and that was in 2000. He has I... not won one since then. So 99 was probably his last. One. He was the he's a five time, according to his Wikipedia page, five time ACC Coach of the Year. Here are the year you want to you want to guess the years. This is a fun game. If you guys oh, haven't landed okay, so, landed on the page yet, go, a, a, Jason. I haven't gone to the page. 86 for sure. Okay, mm-hmm. um, give me them all. Give me them all, and then I'll tell you how many you got. All right, so I'm going to do 86. I'm going to go 91. Okay, no, no, no I'm going to go 92. Okay, 86, 92. 97, 99. Ugh. I'm, I'm, I'm going probably, 86, I'm, 89, 91, 92, 99. Yeah, I like okay. Donald's list. Uh, uh, collectively, you got three of the years. So he won it in 1984, mm-hmm. 1986, oh, okay. which you both got. 1997, which Jason got. I, what happened in 1997 that was so remarkable? I guess that's like his first like year back at the top post the post having yeah, to be. Yeah, like, he was they, back they, in 96, but they weren't yeah. that good, right? They were good in 97. They were quite good. Uh, and then 99, and then 2000, he won ACC Coach of the Year. 2000. 2000. Okay. Oh yeah, 2000. And 2000 makes sense because they he lost everybody from the 99 team 
And that and 2000, he brings in a bunch of freshmen when and they still won the freshmen ACC. was not fashionable. Yeah. Jay Will and Boozer and Dunleavy, and they won the ACC. And that it was a surprise that they did with all those freshmen. And then uh, he proceeded to win three more national championships, but no more ACC Coach of the Year awards. So yeah, well, we don't even have to get in. Uh, I think he never won the AP Coach of the Year. Uh, I'm looking. He's a three-time he Naismith College Coach of the Year, two-time NABC Coach of the Year. Oh yeah, yeah, Naismith never won, never won the AP Coach of the Year, which is That's just right. the silliest thing of all time. Incredible. But we, we've uh, gone far stream here, guys. Let me <laughs> yes. let me let me wrap this up with, uh, I I told you at the beginning of this season to take it easy on John Shire, and we got an email. Actually, I I, I love this email that we got. We got an email uh, about this topic, which was basically like. Uh, oh gosh, I, now I've lost it and I need to find it again. I'm so sorry. But basically, like, we need to be, we, we need to look at this whole season, the regular season, which is now concluded, as being a huge victory for John Shire. That, and, and I know you guys talked about this yesterday in the show. I just want to somewhat repeat the sentiment that, uh, you know, sure, Duke was picked to end up second in the ACC. They ended up fourth. Fine. John Shire managed through all the injuries this year to keep this team together, to limit the 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 chatter and the, the like. There was no there, there were no like negative headlines about Duke this season, right? And there's there was always some weird drama with Coach K. Like almost every year, we had to come on here and be like, "Oh, the stuff about Grayson Allen tripping people," and "Oh, the team isn't performing well. They're not going to make the tournament post." you know, during the COVID year and blah, 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 all these, all these sorts of like mini controversies that the thing with the, uh, with the Oregon player at the end of the NCAA tournament in 2016, Dylan Brooks, Dylan Dylan, Brooks. The, 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 the Dylan Brooks, such a punk. all the, whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> coach case dealing with bad personalities. Oh, the team's not gelling with Austin rivers. John Shire didn't have any of that nonsense this year. None of it. There was no, the last nonsense surrounding the Duke program was like half a day's worth of, Oh, was there a weird breakup between John Shire and Nolan Smith? That thing lasted for like that was yeah, a like rumor three thing. hours. Yeah, that, right. That was yeah. that was half a day, and before that, it was oh, John Shire got the job instead of maybe Tommy Amaker. No one's complaining about it, you know. And and I understand that that Duke is good at like keeping a lid on stuff. Part of the reason that that happened is because Coach K was in the building and was like was like in charge. I understand he's still in the building, but it's not like Coach K is doing the same stuff sort of day to day to manage the the narrative around everyone. And I just want to commend John Shire for, for keeping all of that stuff in control in a year that was, that did not go at all according to plan, given all the injuries. And, and so, uh, so hats off to him for that. And you, you, you kind of mentioned it in explaining all of that. He did all that. No other coach has ever had to basically come after the greatest coach that ever lived. Right. Like he had to basically, walk in those shoes and every single time something happened where we would stumble, there was people outside of this program who were like, Oh, see, probably, probably regretting um, that move. Dude, Gene, Gene Bartow wants a word. Who? The guy who followed John Wooden. Oh, that's after that's well before my time, but yes. yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> no, but what I'm, I'm saying, my, look, I, I, and Hey, I, I hear you, but he didn't have social media to deal with. Right. Right. I was, but but John Shire is in a category with Gene Bartow and and Bill Guthridge. Bill Guthridge, yeah. Yeah, as guys who had to follow literally walking legends, guys who, when they retired, were considered the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. Yes, but they didn't have the social media angle that they had to deal with. And I thought, again, 
every single stumble, there was someone like, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe Coach K is going to come in and take over practice. None of that ever ever happened. He he took everything in stride, and at the end of the day, he's sitting right where where we are. As you know, we may have finished fourth in the ACC, but we are the best team right now in the ACC. I think we all can agree on that. Let's. I, I know we usually don't take a break, but let's take a break real quick, and then we'll get back. We'll talk about all ACC teams after this. Hey there, Duke fans. You know, warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-created meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors' fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. That's right, Jason. And Jason, I can tell you, I just got some meals. They're fantastic. And the great thing is, like you said, two minutes, mindless work, pop it in the microwave, do what you need to do, and it's ready to eat. No more cooking, no more cleaning pots and pans. And also, there's a lot of choices with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So you'll always have new flavors to explore. All right. So head to factormeals.com slash dukebb 50 Use that code DUKEBB50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code DUKEBB50 at factormeals.com. Get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy Factor Meals from the Duke Basketball Roundup. All right, we are back, and let's get into the all-ACC teams that came out. Uh, we've talked about the awards. Let's talk about the teams. And I know Sam teased it on the other, on the first half of this of this show, but let's talk about all-ACC. Kyle Filipowski, he misses the first team by four points. He is on the second team, all-ACC. We also have Jeremy Roach as all-ACC honorable mention. No teams make the first, or no Dukies make the first or the third team. The all-freshman team, though, is full of Dukies. We have Kyle Filipowski, Derek Lively, and Tyrese Proctor all making the all-freshman team. And then all-defensive team, we have Derek Lively the second making that team as well. Um, guys, I, I think the freshmen, obviously, were, were leading the charge and, and having a great season. Talk to me, Jason, I go to you because I know Sam teased it on the other side. Talk to me about Kyle Filipowski making the second team. All the metrics kind of said that he was in that top five. I'm pretty sure I, I knew he was in the top five, you know, of, of the best seasons uh, of anyone in the ACC. Why does he, how does he end up on the second team? Well, so first of all, we should add to what you just said that Ken Pomeroy statistically from an efficiency standpoint and from the standpoint of all the, the stats, not the eye test, but the stats, Kyle Filipowski was Ken Pomeroy's pick as ACC player of the year. Um, and it actually wasn't even that close. He won it. He was, he was, in first place in those rankings throughout the entire season. And, uh, and again, he, he won that fairly comfortably. I I'm going to, I'm going to sit here and tell you that I, I look, I had, I been putting out my ballot. I probably put Kyle Filipowski on and I take probably Hunter Tyson off the first team, but I, I don't have a huge problem 
with the first team being Isaiah Wong, Armando Baycott, Tyree Appleby, Hunter Tyson, and Jamarius Burton. Those guys are all very deserving. Those guys all had excellent seasons. For most of those guys, they, uh, you know, with the with the singular exception of Baycott, all those guys sort of lifted their team higher in the standings. I think that people would have expected them to be. Um, so, you know, in in that regard, it, it's not like. You know, it's not like some guy scored a bunch of points playing for BC or Louisville or Florida State this year, and they put some team from the bottom of the standings there. I mean, Tyree Appleby from Wake Forest is the is the only guy on this list who who isn't on a team that you know was top five in the in the conference. So, and 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 Wake Forest wasn't far behind there. So, I, I I'm not going to get that upset about it. UNC Baycott. Oh, thank you. You're right. I forgot about that. In any event, I, I just can't get that that worked up about it. I, I think Filipowski was up and down enough. He showed enough sort of freshman inconsistency that I'm not surprised that the voters went ahead and, and made him the first pick on the second team and didn't quite get there for the first team. You know, I think um, when it comes to that, I, I, sh- I think Kyle Filipowski should have been the first team, but Jason, like to your point, I, I don't necessarily know who I would remove from this first team, right? Like you also have Terquavion Smith and Jarkel Joyner, who I thought had tremendous seasons as well, that also could have been on this first team. So you really had, you know, yo, yo, guys. when he, when he played us, Jarkel Joyner looked like the ACC first yeah, team for sure. looked like it. <laughs> he looked both times that we played him. Uh, exactly. You know, but I think, I, I think there was really eight guys for five spots and yeah, like Califopowski should have been there, but I'm not as animated about this one because like, if you, put him on there you have to remove someone and I, I mean i don't know if i remove tyson i don't know if i remove burton from that because like you said they're both just as deserving as uh as cal filipowski was i just wish that this was one of those things where you had eight nine guys on the first team right like you know you had a six man you had all those guys who could be on the on the first team but in essence it's only five sam look guys i i agree with you you know i i i i'll, I'll tell you who i would take off of the all acc team to uh, replace Kyle Filipowski. I take them all off because I thought he was. The, he, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was awesome. I'm. I'm just gonna be silly here. He deserved to be on the first team. I don't know which of these players I would remove, but uh, I know that he deserved it this year. And I think it's a bummer that that maybe his best performances didn't all happen in February, so he wasn't as top of mind. I think for many of the media That's who were great voting point. on this award. So uh, <laughs> I wish that his. I wish that his his performance in the last three minutes of the Carolina game uh, on Saturday had factored in more to this voting because, of course, he was sensational. It's it's worth noting that the ACC has had five players on the first team all-conference team back when the conference had eight teams, nine teams, and we now have 15 teams. It's a whole different ballgame, and it's, much, it's considerably harder to get first team. I'm not saying that they should have more than five guys in the first team, but you know, when you look historically at this kind of stuff and you find guys who, oh, that guy was first team all ACC three years in a row and that kind of stuff. Uh, since, you know, since the early 2000s, it's been a very, very different situation in the ACC. The sadness at not seeing him on first team, I guess, is kind of also kind of negated a little bit, or at least somewhat neutralized by the fact that we are overloaded on the all freshman team with three guys on there. Kyle Filipowski, I believe, was a unanimous selection for the all freshman team. Yes. And it's it's worth noting the only unanimous award in the, in in all the ACC voting was the vote to put Kyle Filipowski on the first team of the all freshman team. And I think it's the eighth time that Duke has had a unanimous player 
on the all freshman team. I think they posted something uh, earlier today about the list of, of unanimous first teamers. Um, I think the last one was running carry actually in 2020 uh, that we had on the, on the first team, uh, all ACC, but I mean, also adding Derek Lively who guys, we've talked about the emergence of Derek Lively recently. And the fact that Sam, to your point, you mentioned that Kyle didn't really have uh, some of the performances in February to maybe knock him off of that first team. Derek Lively had a bunch of performances in February that probably elevated him to that all ACC, even though he was the preseason uh, all ACC, uh, he had preseason all ACC first team written all over him. Yo, if if they uh, if the season was only if the season started in February, Derek Lively would be first team all ACC. <laughs> he probably would have won the award. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he certainly would have won Defensive Player of the Year. Although, I, I, again, I'm not going to re-speakman. I'm fine with that. But uh, yeah, he he's been the best defensive player in the ACC for a good month now. Pretty amazing comeback, I'd say, for Derek Lively, given where he was at the turn of the calendar year. Uh, I being mostly, you know, a a spot bench guy with with you know pretty limited usability. Uh, it, really, an incredible like last two months that he's had. The uh, I did mention want to note that uh, our friend Brendan Marks from the Athletic he put out his ballot uh, earlier today, and he had a lot of love for Duke players. The one player that we haven't really talked about that that he mentioned on quite a few teams, including all defensive all and all freshmen, was Mark Mitchell. Um, I feel like Mark Mitchell was kind of that. Uh, if I don't, I, I don't want to call him a snub because again, there was a lot of guys who were qualified, but if there was anyone else that I would have thrown onto this all freshman team and even this all defensive team, it would have been Mark Mitchell. I think it for, from a defensive standpoint, and we've talked about this a little bit over the last few weeks, he it's, it's the things that he does that are so important to this team aren't quantified in stats, right? Like he, he can do a lot of things that is not necessarily he's getting all the steals or all the blocks, but he's just locking down guys. And when you look at the stats of the other guy, you go, Oh, that guy had a bad night. And it's usually because Mark Mitchell or even Tyrese Proctor um, have been on there. So uh, it's, it's unfortunate that whatever they've been doing, all the things they've been doing for this team just aren't quantifiable enough that voters can look and go, this guy by these metrics and by these stats have, uh, have had a great season and we should include them on the award. Jason. Yeah, the thing I'd say about Mark Mitchell is, I mean, we talked about Derek Lively being great since the start of February. Mark Mitchell's really just been great for like the past two and a half weeks or so, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I, I, th- I think it's tough to to make a, a a case for the whole year based on based on just that. Although he, he's been, there are certain aspects of his game that he's been doing really well consistently. I I continue to come back to. I, I said this stat uh, a couple podcasts ago. In case anyone missed it, I want to make sure people are aware of this. <laughs> Mark Mitchell's like one of the 10 best players in the country at not fouling. It's an unreal statistic for a guy who is a great defender. Uh, I've I've noticed a little bit some other analyst types starting to pick up on this. I've seen it show up in articles and stuff like that. Brendan Marks mentioned it today, too. I was first. I was the first one to point this out. (laughs) (laughs) Mark Mitchell is absurd at being a great defender who doesn't foul a great skill. And how, you know, how important can he be to this team? Him and Kyle Filipowski, the only two guys who started every game this year. A couple final notes here, Donald, that I wanted to share. I know you mentioned uh, Ryan Young and Dariq Whitehead getting mentioned on the uh, on the six man of the year. Pretty amazing that Duke had two six men this year, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Sort of by definition, <laughs> that that doesn't exist. But 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 good on both of them. Uh, Dariq Whitehead being six man of the year, I believe, is something that we would not have uh, that we would not have predicted at the beginning of the season, given that we expected him to be a key contributor. But 
that's that's good. I have two. I have questions for the voters. Uh, this this voter may be the same person, uh, and I don't want to spend too long uh, ragging on Jeremy Roach. But one voter voted Jeremy Roach ACC Player of the Year. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't understand that. And another okay. voter uh, gave Jeremy Roach a nod for most improved player. And uh, I can tell you, I predict. Those things I, wait, Sam, I predict the that the person who cast those votes, and I agree with not you, the it, same person. No, no, I think it likely was the same person, and I think it's someone who, you know, maybe they had COVID or something. They didn't get to see a lot of games. They showed up for that NC State game <laughs> earlier this or last. They week. were like, "Wow!" Yeah, they're like Jeremy Roach, unbelievable. Not, I mean, he had other good games, but if you voted him player, ACC Player of the Year, you certainly watched that NC, State, the Duke NC State game where he torched NC State. I guess you could be the NC State beat writer and just like not. See, anyway, Jeremy Roach wasn't notably better than he was last year, and he was not ACC Player of the Year. So uh, I, I don't know what to do with that. It's, it's fascinating, but uh, I'm just salty that, vote, so. that Kyle Filipowski's not on the first team. So I'm going to take all, out, all my rage uh, unnecessarily on other Duke guys. Uh, so I, I got one really quick. Like, and we're kind of wrapping up, and we're doing some you know, of the weird things that we noticed on these votes. Gentlemen, N- Nigel Pack... Played last year in the Big 12 and was on the first team, all Big 12 team. The Big 12, like the greatest conference on the history of the world. The Big 12, where like literally the ninth place team is better than half the teams in, in uh, you know, every other conference out there. Uh, he was first team all Big 12 a year ago. Doesn't even sniff, not even getting like, not even getting Jeremy Roach votes at the end of the, you know, voting kind of stuff in the ACC this year, come to the ACC. And, uh, you know, it just, it, it, I, it, it's part of why the, the transfer portal is so weird and, and quirky and interesting. Like Tyree Appleby's, you know, was not a player that people thought very much of when he was at Florida. He comes to the ACC and he's almost ACC player of the year. Um, Nigel Pack, a lot of people would have, Nigel Pack was showing up on preseason all American lists. Doesn't even make third team all ACC. Ryan Young was not our most heralded transfer becomes probably our most solid contributor off the bench yeah. uh, at several points during the season, at least the most consistent one off the bench all season. Yeah. It's funny. That's why they play the games, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, with that, we are going to end DBR bites episode 18, but guess what? You're not going to have to wait much longer for us to appear in your feed again. The ACC tournament starts tomorrow and at a certain point tomorrow, we will record so that we can preview our path to an ACC championship, how it can go. We're going to wait for that game uh, between Florida State and Georgia Tech to uh, play out, play itself out, play itself out, so that we know who uh, we could potentially face in the quarterfinals if they emerge past Pitt. So, with that, we are going to be back in your feeds at some point tomorrow evening, if not early Wednesday morning. Don't worry, we will get it to you before Duke plays his first game on Thursday at two thirty. In Greensboro. If you're going down to Greensboro, safe travels. Enjoy that. But for now, for Jason, for Sam, I am Donald. This is the DBR Bites. And now it is time for the Duke Band to take us home. <laughs>